Welcome to the USF Oracle Sports Podcast, where we talk sports with some of USF's best athletes, coaches, and all-around great human beings. My name is Richard Silva. And I'm Francisco Rosa. Let's get into it. Hey, Bulls fans, welcome back to another episode of the Oracle Sports Podcast. I'm Francisco Rosa here with my co-host Richard. Today we had a bit of a special episode for you all. Former USF quarterback and legend Quentin Flowers. Quentin joined us on the pod today and we discussed his time here at USF, um, his current stint in the Fan Control Football League, an exciting new league with a lot of cool aspects to it. And we also talked about some of his past pro experiences, his stint in the NFL, the XFL, and we closed off the the interview with a, a bit more talk about USF and, and how Quentin views the program right now. It's a really exciting episode, and here it is. Uh, Quinn, how are you? I'm doing good, and you? How about yourself? Pretty good. Not too bad today. So for those Bulls fans that aren't familiar with Quentin's work, um, one of the best football players in USF history. Just going to list off some of his stats. He's the all-time leading rusher in USF history, all-time TD leader, all-time passing touchdowns leader, all-time rushing touchdowns leader. He was a 2016 American Athletic Conference Offensive Player of the Year. Um, just did everything in his four years here at USF. So I'm really excited to have him on and for you guys to get to know him a little bit in this episode. Yeah, and where we wanted to start, Quinn, was about USF, but like a little bit deeper than the stats. Almost like, uh, how did you discover USF, or how did they discover you, and what was like the recruiting process like, and your overall time with the Bulls? Um, I would say my recruiting time at USF was great. Uh, just knowing that I had someone believing in me, uh, Coach Willie Tiger. Uh, when I first got there, well, way before I even got there, um, it was a coach named Telly Lockett. Before Willie Tiger, um, I'll say he's from my hometown. You know everything that he told me was real. Uh, you know you only come across a few handed people that's real and rare. You know, uh, and everything that he told me, he kept it hundred with me. And from there, that's that was the reason I was the USF. And then once I got to talk to Coach Willie Tiger, Willie Tiger told me the same thing. Uh, he was going to give me an opportunity to play quarterback and just be me. And that's when records just started going into the books from there. Did you ever, like, consider another school? Because I know you're from the, you know, Florida, the Miami area. What, did you ever consider another school or was it USF all the way? Um, I would say first I was thinking about going to Marshall just because uh, Raheem Cato, he was one of the reasons that, you know, I was going to end up going to Marshall. Uh, Doc Holliday was another reason. And then I got a chance to go to Nebraska. Uh, I took a visit to Nebraska. The reason why I took my visit there, because for one, the big end stuck out to me. Um, they had Taylor Martinez at the time. Um, I felt like I was one of, one of them type of guys that they needed. Uh, just a little more to my game that I had. But... I didn't choose there because, for one, it was too far from home. 
And then Florida, I had, I didn't go to Florida because I asked them every time, can you bring me a quarterback coach? They couldn't do that. Um, they kept coming over and over, still couldn't do it. So I turned Florida down. So I just felt like the only school that was giving me the real them was USF. And that's why I gave USF everything I had. And, and when you got on campus, was it just like um, automatic, like coaches were, were plugging you in? Or how long did it take them for like really to start knowing it's like, oh, this kid's got it. No, we got something here. Um, honestly, I say it took a year. Um, it was the time where we was losing my freshman year. I got to play. Uh, I got to play, I'll say, SMU game my freshman year. Mm-hmm. I played, was doing good. I got pulled. I didn't know why I got pulled. I asked the coach why I got pulled. Coach Taggart, he still didn't tell me to this day why I got pulled. But at the end of that season, I was about to leave and go to the University of Marshall because I felt like my talent was getting played with. I felt like most people didn't believe in me. Most people didn't trust me. So Coach Taggart told me he was going to give me an opportunity. Um, That's when the quarterback job was up for grab. And I told him I don't want nothing. You know, just – just let me be me. Let me just compete for the job. I don't want nothing handed to me. And I'll say my sophomore year, all the quarterbacks, we, you know, was fighting for the job. Um, you had Mike White. You had Stephen Bench. You had me. And you had, I would say, it was one more guy, if I'm not mistaken. I called him AR-15, which is, uh, I forgot his name, but... Long story short, it was a couple more guys, and I was—I just felt like, like I was that guy that that sparked the fire. At the end of the day, um, I knew what I could bring to the offense. I knew what I could bring to the team, and just give me that opportunity and let me be me. It's a lot of things can happen. And when you—and what can you say about um, the the offense that you guys were running under Coach Taggart? It seemed like your skill set just fit perfectly in here under his offense. You know. You were a really dynamic quarterback, and dynamic quarterbacks thrive under Coach Taggart. And you guys just seem to click once once you guys once he put you in as a starter. It just clicked. So can you talk about the offense and and how it suited you? Uh, I would say the offense was just fast. You got to understand that all the skill guys ran forty time. I would say a good four four, mid four five. So if you got how I play the game, if you have a guy. Like Marlon Mack, you have a guy like Deionis Johnson, you have a guy like Darius Tice, fast guys. You have all these guys, and you got speed on the outside, which we had Rodney Adams, who ran the 4-3. We got Marquez Valdez-Scantley, who ran the 4. I'll say right now he's running the 4-2. So you got guys that's really running, and the way our offense was built is to where we're going to beat you with speed. We're not a power team. You got to realize that you have to chase Valdez Scanley. You have to chase Rodney Adams. You have to chase Dearness Johnson. You have to chase Marlon Mack. Now your defense is wearing down, and now you have to chase a fast quarterback. So, like, that is really tough. So I studied the game and played the game to where I can see when guys is tired because in practice I had to run with the running backs. Um, I always tried to keep up with Marlon Mack because Marlon Mack was, like, one of our home run hitters. Uh, him and Rodney Adams. So everything that I did, I just chased them guys and 
when game day came, it all was easy to me. Did you mold your game after a specific quarterback like that kind of running real fast style, or is that just you? Um, I would say the running part was just me, but I try to always modify my game behind Drew Brees because that's the reason why I was nine. Um, we both really the same height. Um, it's just my skill set is I can run. He a more pocket passer. I'm more of a guy that can get out the pocket, make plays, and just keep the chains moving. Gotcha. And that actually, I think that serves as a pretty good transition into our next little bit. You said, uh, you know, you wore number nine for Breeze. I don't know. Do you follow the the team now, the the Bulls now much, or are you too busy with uh, a lot of stuff going on? No, I would say I still I still follow the guys now, just because that's my alma mater. Um, I have to follow the guys. I would say I seen they just got out of mat drills, like I'll say probably three days ago, mm-hmm. and you know some things I seen and some things you know wasn't good. But whoever's running the USF football page I basically wrote on there and had to say what I had to say because at the end of the day that's my alma mater that I just have to some way somehow let them know I'm still watching I might not be there I might not be there physically but I just want you to know my presence is always going to be felt and have you heard of the uh the freshman that came in I believe from a Seminole high school his name's Timmy McLean he's actually he's a dual threat like you he's wearing number nine have you have you um heard of him before you familiar with him um, no, not at all. Um, I haven't heard him, but uh, I try to watch film of him. Um, I've been trying to look for his film for a little minute. I see everybody saying that he's a he's a nice quarterback. He's a guy that, you know, try to do whatever it takes to win. And, you know, with him winning that number nine, um, I just, you know, pray that whatever it takes for him to win, you know, he do it just because I did it in that number. I did it in that jersey. Um, you know, he have a he have shoes to fill at the end of the day just for the fans, um, just for himself. Um, so I just pray that everything falls in place for him. Um, you guys here at USF, we haven't really been as successful since your last season, really, when you guys won the Birmingham Bowl. Um, after Coach Willie left, um, we haven't really been the same. What do you think of like the direction that Coach Scott has been taking this team and, and what do you think their future could be looking like? You know, this season obviously wasn't the best, but you know, there's there's some things that they can build upon. So what are you thinking? I'll say I'll say honestly, uh it's up to them guys. Honestly. It's how bad they want it. It's not up to the coaches at the end of the day. If they want it bad as as they say they do, they'll go out there and do whatever it takes to win. And I'll say with my time being there, with guys like Marlon Mack, such as myself, such as Rodney Adams, um, it's things that we did that a lot of people couldn't do. We named ourselves, like, we started our own little name club that people never heard of. Um, it was Gate 9, Flight 587, because at the end of the day, you always got to go through me first. So that's Gate 9. Uh, flight 587 is, is because it's going to be a wild ride. Because you never know who's going to be that home run hitter. You're going to have Marlon Mack, who might be the home run hitter. You might have Rodney Adams, who might be the home run hitter. So we try to do things that would be fun to where the coach won't have to tell us what to do. At the end of the day, we know what we have to do. We know what we have to get done. We dream of this. We sleep on this. 
this us. This is what we want to be. This our life. So we just wanted to do things that a lot of people couldn't do. You kind of um, touched on him a little bit before, but Marquez, you know, for people that didn't really know who Marquez was before, like this season, you kind of put him on notice, you know, kind of lit it up with the Packers. How happy were you to see him just having that success with, you know, Aaron Rodgers, one of the one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and just lighting it up on the big stages? Man, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. To be serious, I was so, so proud of Marquez Valdez-Scanley. It just because you have to understand, that's a guy who who was at a big school and left a big school to come to USF. Mm-hmm. Um, it was times where he had tough days. It was times where he felt like he wasn't getting enough catches. And now for him to be in the be in the spotlight that he is, he deserves everything he's getting right now because a lot of people don't understand everything that was going on behind the scenes. Um, he stayed humble. He kept fighting. Every day he just tried to be a better person, better player, better guy to help the team. He didn't care what it took to help the team. He just did whatever it takes. And with that, with that, with them type of guys being on that team, with type of guys doing things like that, it's hard to be the team like that. You got to understand we young guys, 18, 19, 20, you don't get that from a lot of teams. A lot of teams wait on, oh, coach, what we have to do now? Coach, what we have to do here? But we had guys coming in day in, day out, want to win, trying to find a way to win. And that's that was that was separated ourselves, I'll say, from a lot of other teams that was in our conference. That's Very true. That's, uh, that's super cool. And we wanted to move into a little bit now about uh, fan control of the league. But that's super cool, That um, especially that nickname that you guys had. But about fan control, can you just speak on a little bit what are the main differences between um, like traditional NFL football versus fan control? I understand the fields, like uh, 50 yards, stuff like that. I'll say it's just, it's just the big difference is where what comes into play for me as a quarterback, I'll say the dropbacks. Like you have to let the ball be out your hand with like 1.4 seconds, which is not bad if you're dropping straight back as a quarterback when you got routes and stuff like that coming open. But just throwing off your second step, it's tough because you got to understand you going from under center, your first step, you drop back. Your second step, the ball is going. Like, it's tough. That's, to me, it's not, it's not, I'll just say it's not realistic. Mm. Like, you that's that's my biggest part with this thing is that's not real football like we're not really taking real drop backs and stuff like that i think a lot of the things that we's doing now at the fan control football league it's not i don't want to say not good for guys but i would say it's breaking a lot of habits mm-hmm. and you got to be strong and mentally physical ready for what's going on. Even though you're doing what these coaches telling you to do, if you're trying to stay in this league, yes, it's good for you. But if you're trying to get to 11 on 11 football and let's say 12 on 12 with your CFL, 
I'll say just for quarterbacks, it's not good for you. So speaking, that's my reason. That's my reason of being in the shotgun during the games. So speaking on that, um, what what what's the next step for you? Like after fan control, do you play this season? Um, do you have any plans beyond this? Like possibly NFL return, an XFL return. You had a stint in the XFL, and it looks like they're going to try to come back with with new ownership. So what's really like your next move after this? Um, honestly, I can't too much say what my next move is because you never know what God got planned for you. And that's how I live my life. Um, the XFL had came, things didn't go right. Um, things didn't go how I wanted it. Um, that's when it goes back to every time I try to I try to say I would be humble to someone or be good to someone. It's like I get the slap in the face and it sucks, but that's a part of the game, which it shouldn't be like that. Um, I feel like no matter who's the best guy in that position should be that starter. And I felt like as the time kept going on and going on, I have been waiting for my time and I just never got that opportunity. But if the XFL come back or I get a shot at the CFL, I will take the opportunity because, it, like I always tell people, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. I know it's kids out here that look up to me. I know it's some people out here that's living through me. It's some people that haven't been through what I've been through that's it's tough for them. Like, not having a parent, not having a mother and dad that's living and some of them people live through me and I know they do because I get so much I get so much like DMs and stuff people keep telling me over and over like man I just I just pray you just don't give up uh, because I know what you have been through I've been following you for a long time and it always comes back to me to where I just want to I'll say now, when I was at USF, everybody know me as the man. No, that's our guy. He gonna he gonna do something to make us win. Like he gonna find a way to win. It's like now I'm at a point in my life to where, yeah, I was the man. I done did that. I still want to be the man, but at the end of the day, I want to be a man. It's the difference between being the man and the man because now I have a daughter that looking up to me. I have a daughter that I have to take care of. And it's, it's, it get tough at times because if this meant for me, God would say it's meant for me, but it's like it's getting to the point where I don't want to keep wasting my time trying to chase it and hurting her, my child, because I'm always having to up and leave her. And it becomes it becoming to a point where she be texting me, not texting me, but calling me and like, Dad, I miss you. Like, where are you? And I don't want to keep doing that to her. Mm-hmm. And it, it get tough at times. But I talk to her like she older. Like, it go comes to a point where I pray it don't come early, but I might just have to give up the game of football. Got it. And um, getting away from, like, I guess the question aspect for a moment. At the end of the day, you know, looking back at what you accomplished, what you did, 
no matter what happens in the future, no one's uh can take away what you did in Tampa. Like you're forever a Tampa legend. Like like I said, just getting off the uh questions for a second, you're a Tampa legend. Like no one's ever taken that away from you. Um it is the the the, the piggyback off that, um sometimes I, I I I don't understand, you know, like not to get off topic, but I be wondering what Tampa fans be really thinking about what's going on because I feel like with me still being in this football world, I don't too much try to say nothing because people will not always judge you. People will not always try to feel like you're trying to down talk somebody. So that's why I don't too much say nothing on social media, but it's coming to a point where I heard on social media on, on Twitter that my number should be earned. To where? And I just want to confirm this now. I don't know if you guys want to post it, but you guys can. I don't know what you guys want to do with that, but I feel like a lot of numbers should be earned, not just given. Because you have a guy like Marlon Mack, the most humble guy I've ever been around. Did everything for you, SF, like, in which every way that he can. And you never hear a lot of things about Marlon Mack. You never hear about Marlon Mack jersey getting retired. You never hear about it should be hard for guys to get in number five. Like, you just get rid of five that quick. You have guys like me putting flowers that no telling when the record book will be shattered. Like, you never know. But you never talked about, oh, what should we do with his number? Like, Rodney Adams, us three, we built a bond. We built a bond on the field and off the field that people would never know about and it never get talked about at USF. That's why we went to USF, because we wanted to be different. We wanted, we didn't want to be another member. We didn't want to be another guy. So us going to USF, we tried to change and give Tampa something to talk about. And I feel like a lot of people from Tampa don't don't really put respect on our name, mm-hmm. in which it sucks because it shouldn't just be us two, but it's a lot of guys that went through USF that just don't get respect that they should have. And that's I think that's what USF football and alumni is really mess up at. I feel that. Yeah, I think I think that has been more of like a like a like a program thing. I don't I don't want to blame it completely on on coaches or the coaching staff or whatever because I don't really know you know how they're how they're operating. But um, what I do know for sure is like when you were with the Vipers, everybody here, everybody in the Tampa area was just like clamoring for you to get on the field because every single time you got on the field, you made something happen. So I remember being on social media last year and everybody put Q back in, put Q back in because he was making a difference and everybody here knows what you can do. So in the eyes of like the people that really know USF football and like really appreciate the history of it and stuff like that, they know where you, Rodney and, and Mac and Martin and all you and JPP, where they, you know, where your like legacy lives, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Honestly, I just feel me personally, me personally, I feel like USF just have to do better. Like, 
we wanted to be different. And that's what a lot of people didn't understand. Like I keep saying, we wanted to be different. And a lot of people didn't respect that. So like I said, it's coming to a point in my life where I'm just like, excuse my language, but it's like I'm starting to not give a fuck about a lot of shit because we just not, Mac not getting the respect he deserved, Rodney not getting the respect he deserved, I'm not getting the respect I deserve. Ernest Johnson, like that whole team that was there not getting the respect. And God's taking that, God's taking that light. Like, like we put our blood, sweat, and tears out on that field every single week, every single game. Like, I don't take a lot of stuff lightly because I just sit back and observe. But it's like it's it's coming to a point where like it's getting frustrated because I don't open my mouth enough. Mac don't open his mouth enough. Rodney don't open his mouth enough. And I want to create a tradition. You heard of UM. They did a tradition. Like, they do their tradition. Florida do their tradition. When I was there, it was no guys coming back talking to us. It was no guys trying to tell us what's going on to the league or what we're going to run into or what's going to happen to us. We were just out there being us and just pray the NFL fall in our hands. Mm -hmm. But every chance that I got when I was in the NFL, I went back to them guys and told them guys the true story. Like, a lot of the stuff that y'all see is not true. A lot of the stuff that go on is not true. If you don't talk to that person personally, you'll never know what it is. So I feel like USF, they do a poor job of not putting respect on certain guys' names. Like, that's just what you should do and what you have to do because we just put our blood, sweat, and tears out on that field each and every time. No, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% like get what you're saying about, um, like Francisco mentioned, I think uh, it may, that's like a program-ish issue because like he said, I think the, the fans know, like everyone knows what's up. Everyone knows what you guys did while you were here. Uh, yeah, um, so what I wanted to leave off on, you know, kind of going through the same message that, we, that we've been doing the last couple minutes, um, what do you think USF needs to start doing in order to, to start getting to that point where they start putting more respect on the names of, like, some of the people that have really made an impact on the program and on the athletic department? What do you think are some steps that you want to see happen in order for – in order for you to feel like respect is being paid? I feel like it's, it's a, to put respect on our name, some stuff have to happen. Um, you just have to do something. I don't know. I don't know. They need to come up with something because at the end of the day, a lot of guys don't, re, don't, a lot of guys don't get respect, and I think that's why a lot of the guys don't show back up to the facility because we don't get the respect that we deserve. Until we get that respect, um, I think guys will start showing back up. Uh, but I think um, I have to wrap this up. I hope I could get to talk with you guys some more. Or if you guys can follow my IG, uh, we probably could go live one day and just get to talking and doing stuff like that because that would be good. Um, right now I'm on a timer. Yeah. Um, they got us doing time and stuff. So if you guys could just DM me and whenever you guys want to go live or whenever you guys want to chit-chat about USF, I think that would be good. Yeah, no, I'll shoot you, DM. I appreciate that, bro. No problem. Anytime. Appreciate your time. Yeah, we appreciate your you time, Quinn. Safe, Thanks, bro. All right, and there you go, guys. That was the podcast. 
Um, sorry for the time constraints and um, audio quality. Quentin was in a room with a couple people behind the behind the camera, so you might have heard some background noise. And then the PR people were pretty strict with the uh, the time constraints. We had to get out of there quickly. So sorry for the abrupt ending. We just figured we'd record a formal outro now. But yeah, Quentin was a super cool guy, very nice to us. Um, we really enjoyed talking to him, and we hope to maybe even have him ag- um, on again in the future. But yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.